Hey everyone, welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast mini-sode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something Toonami-adjacent. I guess in this case we're kind of discussing something Toonami-adjacent-adjacent, because Chronicles of the Heroic Knight never aired on Toonami. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. It's reactor-adjacent. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) It's just, like, reactor (laughs) is already one of those things where I'm like, that's kind of Toonami-adjacent itself, isn't it? I mean, it's not Toonami, necessarily. Anyway, so this week we're watching the Record of Lodas War OVAs. So from here on, I'm going to refer to Record of Lodas War, the show that we're watching for our main episodes uh, and that we started last week as Chronicles, because... I think that's just the easy way to differentiate yeah. them. So it is technically called Record of Rose War Chronicles of the Holy Night. So that makes heroic sense. Heroic Night. The OVA yes. is just, yeah, the, the OVA is just Record of Lodas yeah, War. Yeah, right. So just so. going to call this Record of Lodas War, going to call that Chronicles, just to get that out of the way. We already had a pretty in-depth discussion of the history of Record of Lodas War, the franchise, last episode. So I'll just give an overview here. If you want a deeper look, I'd say just listen to that episode. But basically, uh, it began as transcribed sessions of a role-playing game uh, DM'd by Ryo Mizuno, who eventually wrote novels uh, based on the games that they played, and then those novels were adapted into first this OVA and later a full anime series, that being Chronicles of the Heroic Knight. And basically this OVA adapts in its first eight episodes, which is what we watched. uh, It adapts the first book. The second book is not adapted in anime from what I can tell. It's just in manga. Uh, And then the like Chronicles of the Heroic Knight series picks up at book three, which also, the OVAs kind of adapt, like, not as yeah. directly. It's very broad stroke stuff. And then they kind of made their own ending because the actual ending to the series, the final book, wasn't published until, like, three years after this premiered. So, you know, so they, it's kind they of, couldn't do it. Kind of a Game of Thrones issue, I guess. Yeah, right. Or a, a lot like Akira, I'd say. Like, it's similar in that... You know, they had some stuff to adapt and then they kind of, yeah. they knew where they were going with it, presumably, and tried to finish it off. So we watched the first eight episodes of this, which is like, the whole thing's 12 episodes. Uh, uh, 13, we I wa- believe. Oh, 13? That's right. Okay. Um, we watched the first eight because they basically cover the entirety of book one and also like, <laughs> and also at the end of it, introduce like a little tease into the stuff we saw in Chronicles. Like sort of, yeah. And- or, sort of Shiris and Olson, Orson, sorry, Shiris and Orson show up at the end. Yeah, just think it's the are, name of the pig in Happy Acres. Uh, I, I, no, I always think or, Orson Wells. Yeah, I guess that's good too. Yeah, was it, no U.S. Acres. That's the uh, Garfield show, right? The other one. Yes, Garfield yes, Friends? the, the okay, bad, yeah, the so. shitty egg with legs. And <laughs> I was like, wait, is Garfield. it U.S. Acres? I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And I'm, I think I liked U.S. Acres as a kid, but, you know. I mean, I, I'm sure I saw I it, like, stuff. once myself and was like, this is funny because it's on a TV. Everything on a TV is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a cartoon. I'm yeah. going to watch it for hours. This is amazing. Is The pig's name is Orson. <laughs> Incredible. I love the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah, the Jetsons, all-night Scooby-Doo marathon, and then my mom will come in and be like, why are you still awake? It's 2 a.m. You're, like, six years old. <laughs> And I'll be like, 
you never told me to go to bed because I guess I was a lawyer as a six year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't say the magic word. Yeah, yeah. That was a handshake agreement, Mom. I didn't say and write in, I'd go to bed. You reach out your hands and they're both monkey paws. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so Shiraz and Orson do show up near the end of this very briefly. Um, but, and they kind of fuck off. Yeah, right. But the first date don't really have anything to do with Chronicles. You know, we get to see Parn and the beginnings of Parn's shit. But I think my favorite thing about the OVA personally is the first episode. It, it takes place in Media Res, and it's just the characters kind of going through a dungeon, basically, uh, trying to reach this guy they need to talk to um, to find out more about this gray witch, Carla, who's like kind of appeared and has started manipulating events in Lodos. And... I just really like it because it's like it seems like such like a classic little D&D adventure kind of thing mm-hmm. where, you know, it's characters dungeon crawling and then they, they trigger traps and they get separated and they encounter a dragon and they have to fight monsters and stuff. And they like, you know, cast spells that are like or use abilities that are kind of similar to stuff I've seen in D&D. Basically, the story of these eight episodes is the War of Heroes arc, which is about these two kings, King Fawn and Emperor Beld, who are both trying to unite Lodos, but through different means. Fawn is like yeah. trying to make treaties and stuff, whereas Beld, who is from the dark island of Marmo, the even darker island off the <laughs> yeah. coast of the cursed island Lodos. Um, yeah. <laughs> the evil island split off from the cursed island. Yeah, right. He is trying to, you know, conquer everything with his army of goblins and kobolds and dark elves and also humans. Uh, yeah. And he's bad because he wants to take everything over. Unlike Fawn, who seems to also kind of want to take everything over, but like through a slightly more peaceful means. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Parn and his pals are thrown into the middle of this because they're trying to find out who the witch Carla is. She's the gray witch. And then it turns out that Carla is possessing this woman, Lelia, uh, through the use of an enchanted circlet. This is a whole thing that is explained in great detail in Chronicles, but actually, like, told organically here. And, yeah, I mean, really, I just want to get into talking about, like, our thoughts on this overall. I'm curious what yours are, because we watched it dubbed, and you have seen this before, so like I, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I'd originally watched it subtitled, and then I put on the dub, and the first thing I hear is the opening theme uh, <laughs> being adapted into English. And at first, I'm like, no, because that is my initial uh, <laughs> my initial knee jerk reaction to any English English adaptation singing in a in a dub because i've heard the singing in tenchi movie <laughs> you know yeah, i remember there's plenty of terrible examples of that stuff yeah really. right like, just like very bad dub singing or just weird choices in terms of like just completely changing things up but this was actually fine this is like oh, okay it's a little cheese cheese ball but that's kind of how the song is and it's basically the same exact song from the opening and also completely. that's kind of how lodos <laughs> is i would say like, yeah, lodos true. is pretty cheesy it's pretty and it t- it takes itself very it's high fantasy it takes itself seriously and at times can be like kind of cheesy and romantic it, it, like very romantic in a way but uh I, you know listening to the dub and i was like oh you know what i like this dub i i want to watch the show with this dub <laughs> like i i'm actually enjoying it the characters 
you know, like the characters are actually like emotive to each other. Unlike in Chronicles, <laughs> like it seems characters actually care about things happening and don't just talk with a monotone voice, which is interesting because yeah. <laughs> this was dubbed by the same company. Uh, it's Central Park Media for both. A lot of the cast reprised their roles in Chronicles. This came out first, yeah. obviously, like Parn is the same person. Deed Lead is the same person most of the time, but not always because the voice actor got sick and there were scheduling conflicts. So she's replaced for a few episodes. That actually happens with a lot of people. But basically, like, if there is a major character in the OVA, they're probably voiced by the same person when they show up in Chronicles. But Chronicles, as we've said before, the dub is really quite bad. So yeah, the yeah. difference seems to be that for Chronicles, they were using a studio that had never conducted an anime dub before, so they didn't quite know how to do it properly. Uh, probably yeah. they had less money too, if we're being realistic. That must be <laughs> like they they must have had like no money for extra takes. Yeah, too. or time. Like, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, right. Because this, yeah, because with this, it seems like the dialogue seems pretty natural, and the you know, it, it just like kind of works. It's still like a little. It's got a little bit of that like '90s. Like ah, uh, this is like a '90s anime dub. It's very '90s. I, I, it's hard to explain exactly what I mean by that. Well, no, it's just like, it's it's a dub where that wasn't considered to be a thing that was like particularly important to do yet. Yeah, that makes sense. And and they also have like they they kind of. I would say had greater freedom back then to make more of their own personal choices for character voices. Like you don't really hear characters with like a New York accent in a dub anymore. <laughs> and usually that's a good thing. Like that doesn't make sense. I guess it, it, you occasionally hear it when it's like, Oh, we've adapted this character who has like a Kansai dialect or like a, a Osaka dialect, you know, some kind of other Japanese dialect. And then they translate to English and they're like, I don't know, make it a Southern accent. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, right. But, that's pretty common. And I don't feel like that's wrong necessarily either. It's like, eh, it's no. trying to adapt the same like understanding you would have if you're in Japan and you're watching and someone shows up with a different, you know, accent. Like, yeah. It's yeah, the same right. kind of thing that they're playing on. It's just it just kind of depends on how you play it. Like, do you do you play it like naturally, like a natural kind of accent, or do you really lean into being a fucking cowboy? Yeah, which or, often kind of makes things kind of crazy. Yeah, or do you lean into a semi New York sounding accent for a character who's in a fantasy world, which is basically what happens with the thief woodchuck here like it's not super yeah. new yorky it's not molly from sailor moon style but you know <laughs> oh it's still a little weird to hear a semi long island accent in the yeah. middle of this like fantasy world with elves and shit that said i kind of liked it <laughs> like i, I kind of liked wood's voice too you know it, it's not groundbreaking of a dub but it's pretty decent and it definitely for its time pretty decent and definitely compared to Chronicles, it's fucking godly. <laughs> like Chronicles, I mean, I've already said it. It's pretty much one of, if not the worst dubs I've ever had to sit through. <laughs> and, you know, even the show itself, too. Not fantastic, clearly, like the certain writing choices and stuff like that. Same again and again with the OVA, like kind of avoids that. It kind of seems like a more 
uh, well thought out progression of plot. You don't have like stupid arcs that just peter out and do nothing like with or- Orson, at least not yet. I guess we didn't see the resolution of yeah, whatever right. the fuck happens to Orson and Shearus. But... Right. Like that for me is the big thing is just that a lot of these like moments like I, there, there are a lot of moments in the OVA that feel like things that chronicles was maybe calling back to in the books but they're done in a much less interesting way like a lot of my complaints about chronicles are that like you know characters will just unload information on each other in uninteresting settings and for the most part this does a much better job of being like okay like here's the reason we're talking about the backstory we've fallen into this cave that has you know or this old building i guess that has a big mural on the ceiling of like uh the war between the gods that created the island in the first place so we'll talk about that a little bit or like there's a moment where they go to a party uh that king fawn is hosting and a bard plays a song that's like an epic tale about the previous war, which obnoxiously is not <laughs> dubbed and also doesn't have subtitles. Like, I've checked this on the Funimation yeah. website, which streams all of this. It doesn't have English subtitles. And this song, like, tells the story of how Fawn and Beld used to be friends and used to fight together <laughs> yeah. but are now at each other's throats which seems like important information to convey yeah like that's my big problem with this dub honestly for the most part it's acceptable it's not good it's not really bad it's just it's there and it's not going to be distracting in any way except for that that part is terrible because it's pretty (laughs) important information that just you don't get if you don't speak japanese yeah, it does seem kind of lazy. Like, wh- okay, wh- why didn't you do this? <laughs> I mean, I can understand not redubbing the song itself because that often ends up being kind of bad. But like, yeah, why not subtitle it? Because yeah. again, it's important information. But there are there are other examples like that. I mean, that when they first meet Woodchuck the thief, like he's in a prison, and. They have to make a decision of whether or not they trust this guy who's been imprisoned for stealing stuff. And then Parn <laughs> goes back to save him. Unlike, say, Rhina in Chronicles, who they just meet and she's a traveler and she's sympathetic immediately. And then she's like, but actually, I'm a thief. And they, no one cares because, of course, they don't. Like, Yeah, but they make way too big of a deal out of it. Like, it's a huge thing. And it's like, yeah, it actually makes sense that they don't trust Woodchuck because, yeah, he's a thief who's currently in prison for being a thief. Yeah, and also, like, is just generally the character is more morally ambiguous when you meet them in a literal prison cell. Like, you you might actually believe as an audience member that Woodchuck might not be totally trustworthy, even though he is a thief and thief is one of the D and D party archetypes. So we have to have one. (laughs) Yeah. Like unlike Rhina, where again, there's really nothing to indicate that Rhina is a bad person in any way, except that she admits that she's a thief. We never see her stealing anything. She's not caught stealing anything. She just says she's a thief and then everyone immediately forgives her. Yeah. It just, it just kind of seems like more, uh, it just seems like better storytelling yeah i think part of it too is that 
it necessarily requires a lot less background information because yeah it's not building on something that already existed this is like the yeah. actual start of the story so that helps yeah, and chronicles, a lot too chronicles has a unique issue like a kind of a unique problem because of that where it's like okay i guess because we decided to adapt the rest of this book but not readapt the first book we have to both kind of call back to the OVA, but also like, <laughs> yeah, but when also we, we back can't to, because we don't we, expect that you've necessarily yeah. seen it. Like, yeah, so we have to like we have to do these flash we do these flashbacks and do them in intense detail and like these big long story dumps so people can figure out what's going on and stay ahead. And it's just yeah, it just doesn't work very well, right? And I think that's the main lesson of this OVA is like yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe it shouldn't have taken an OVA to tell me that maybe you shouldn't start a story in the middle uh, and then make sure everyone knows about all the important stuff that happened before your story started. But like, yeah, you know, the, like basically coming out of this, I think this is my ideal version of Lodos personally. Like it is not as faithful an adaptation of the books, but I have also never read the books, nor do I really intend to. So yeah. that doesn't matter to me all that much. And like, it's just presented better and a more complete story than Chronicles is by default. So I would say that if you're going to watch Lodos War, this is the thing to watch. Yeah. But also like overall, Lodos War is okay. I, I'm not totally enamored with it. Like this better version of it hasn't, made me a true believer or anything i'm just uh -huh. like yeah this is a better version of this show it's fine like the show is still fine it's very tropey and to be honest yeah. it's kind of nice that in uh this version there are a lot more of the like trappings of high fantasy than there are in chronicles you know there is like goblins and kobolds and uh fairies and like an enchanted forest and stuff and it's all pretty yeah. cliche but it's at least there so you kind of know where you're at with the show like it the, the more stuff like that you add i feel like the more familiar it feels and it's like you can kind of intuit what a lot of the backstory is yeah just based on what they tell you whereas with chronicles a lot of the time it feels like it's very difficult to intuit the backstory because almost all of it at this point that matters is conflicts between fictional kingdoms that happened like 10 years ago. And yeah, that's that a lot no harder. For. Yeah. Right. And that's a lot harder to get a grasp on than like this. We tried to unite this Island once and it didn't work out. And now we're enemies. Like yeah. that's very straightforward by comparison. So like I, I have to assume that you prefer the OVAs to Chronicles. Like, Chronicles is bad. Like yeah, Chronicles <laughs> is fucking terrible. Um, and I like the OVA. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and and like I, it's kind of the same, my, the same feeling I had when I watched it before, where I really like that first episode because it's like such kind of classic fantasy, and I think it's a lot of fun. And then like the rest of the show is pretty good, but like it is like you said very tropey and um 
it can it can be a little dry at times. I I do really enjoy the animation, and of course, like duh, it's an OVA. They put a lot more effort into the animation than they're gonna do on a yeah. TV show. They have of course, because they have more money. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it, it looks much still, better, of course. But it helps. That does help. It yeah. helps. It helps having fight scenes that aren't just like cutaways to paintings of someone being like, "Oh, I'm being hit by a fireball," right, and of then course. like having like VO of them going. you know it's like instead actually animating them like jumping out of the way or getting burned or something is pretty cool so um yeah you know i i I think it's a a pretty good show if you're into kind of fantasy stuff i would say uh check it out if you're into ovas at all or that era of anime for sure check it out but and uh don't i unless chronicles gets extremely good in its second half i probably don't recommend it right but man it's really gotta it's really better uh get moving yeah well to win me over well we should probably move on to that so uh i'm michael doak and i'm peter eby and be sure to revisit us next week for the conclusion of record of lodas war chronicles of the heroic night hopefully it gets better